Hi guys, welcome back to a Life Education's podcast. We're here with uh, Chris Green, who's strength and conditioning coach and youth development coach here in Dubai. Welcome. Thank you. How are we? We are good. How are you? Very good. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so Chris and I are friends from quite a long time ago, back in the first day of our university in 2008, just 10 years ago. <laughs> um, we were sitting. Yeah, that's really old. <laughs> Don't remind me. We were sitting in the some sort of queue for registration, and I was just by myself. And I hear this Dublin accent behind me. I turn around. Who are you? I'm Chris. I'm Keith. <laughs> Let's be friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, ten years later, here we are. <laughs> um, so, do you want to just talk about? Introduce yourself, and so you're from Dublin. Um, we met in London. What yeah. had you done before that, and how did you end up there? So, I suppose the whole SNC uh, career journey started back in the rugby days. Um, we played a lot, obviously, growing up, um, and ended up getting to a decent enough standard that we ended up coming over to the UK. Um, so, I spent a lot of time there. And then chased the S&C dream through the university as well. So um, from there, did a lot of London Irish work, so with professional rugby. Um, and then basically decided to move over here, um, where the youth development kind of party kicked off. So um, Maybe yeah, you can explain to people it. who don't know, what exactly is SNC? So strength and conditioning, <laughs> so sorry. Um, so strength and conditioning is basically physical preparation for a specific event or a specific sport. So it obviously dilutes into very different sex. So, um, like what? Like, so there could be youth development or there could be uh, disability or there could be rehab and return oh. to play kind of stuff. <laughs> That's me. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's obviously the, the element of just performance enhancing, uh, just monitoring training, feedback to the athletes, testing, etc. Et Is it so. different from like people normally going to the gym and training and doing weight training? Is that different to it's like very, strength and conditioning? Yeah, well, it isn't. Let's be honest. The movements don't really vary too much. Um, the the intensity and the loads and the total volumes they're monitored a lot more closely uh, at a higher level with the stuff that we're doing for the youth development we try to keep it as general as possible because it's very much the early stages of resistance training and elite training to a certain extent so um what we do with that stuff is is, is quite different to what you do at, a, at an elite level again the movements stay the same but how the whole process is managed is very different okay so people basically working out at the gym doing strength and conditioning are just going to be randomly lifting weights that they can yeah so strength and conditioning is kind of developed into a little bit of a buzzword whereas before it used to be for it was it was it was a word to describe the whole kind of athlete management concept and sports science uh data loading all the um the gps capturing and all that kind of stuff um and then strength and conditioning the buzzword has now just become strength training and conditioning training like you, you'll see people doing the strongman uh, you'll see classes now for strength and conditioning so uh, i suppose it's kind of developed into a a high intense form of training that people tend to think that athletes do all the time whereas actually athletes do quite a small amount of work in the gym you know so um and athletes and working with athletes you have to consider that they are not gym monkeys or they're not gym goers they're athletes first of all and then secondary to that we use snc to support what they do on the pitch in the pool on the court wherever it might be and you guys were both doing like a, like a variation of strength and conditioning when you were playing rugby right as uh, coaches or as players? No, as players. Yeah. So, yeah, my very first introduction to the gym was through actually a mutual Alan Ryan, yeah. who's top quality S&C coach now in the UK. He was back doing his like first postgraduate job in my secondary school in Dublin. And he took us through the gym as part of the rugby program. So he took us around all the machines. But it was, again, like you said, we were rugby players first. So we had our rugby technical stuff on the pitch three four five days a week our games and then supplementing that we had our 
gym based stuff but it was purely to get us strong for rugby it wasn't let's get biceps let's get triceps let's get lats so know? then what would like what would it look like sorry I'm just <laughs> no um, I suppose uh, take it as so I'll go back to the to the uh, professional rugby uh, days when I used to work there and it was the before days on the pitch and then at the start of the week you do a heavy leg day um, to get that out of the way because you need to be fresh for the game on the weekend, right? The following day, you do a heavy upper body day. You'd probably have a day off midweek off the gym, but you'd still be on the pitch. And then closer to the end of the week, you'd do uh, an explosive kind of power session. Um, now, that's specific to rugby because it's very much a strength and a power uh, sport, but obviously other sports would be very different, like endurance uh can be very much like just totally like injury prevention and uh, muscle preparation and, and and even working on tendons and, and connective tissues just to get a better bounce out of every kind of stride or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, I suppose just focusing on the rugby days, that, that would be like a, a typical weekly layout. Um, and then there's always, if, if you're not involved in the squad, then you might do two <laughs> extra days um on the gym or two extra days on the pitch doing conditioning work to top up the the cardiovascular system or whatever that might be so yeah and it's all sort of go it's heavily goal orientated isn't it so you look at somebody's season or you for an athlete i know we had we had matt cottrell on quite a while ago and we were talking about like for, you have your longer periodized cycles where you'll have an athlete who's trying to get at their peak in four years time so for their olympians or whatever so you you kind of structure the program around that, don't you? And where you want their physical ability to peak. Yeah, absolutely. And I think different sports will cater to these massive macro cycles better than others. You know, like it's it's easier, I don't want to say easy, but it's easier to predict, let's say, um, a sprinter or a, a long-distance runner or a mid-distance runner than it is for... Um, a contact sports player, ice hockey, or, or or even basketball player, because they're so much more susceptible um, to injury from an external stimulus, right? So uh, you need to be able to manage that a hell of a lot differently than you would do somebody who's just focused on purely time, and they don't really have that much of a a concern in, in terms of an external stimulus to. to to, sorry to offer an injury to like as a risk factor yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 we spoke about that a little bit with Ollie <coughs> V he was saying how you've got your sort of internal injuries where you're not conditioned enough and you pull a hamstring running and then you have the one where when you land someone gives you a little nudge exactly and then yeah. you twist your ankle yeah. there's not much you can do to prevent those kind of injuries the contact yeah. ones well yeah I mean like obviously you have to there's a certain element of hypertrophy that you need to have we used to call it just protective armour <laughs> do you know what I mean um, especially in rugby uh, so yeah but I mean does if somebody falls on your leg sideways and, and breaks a bone like you, you like they do at the, the wall golf oh yeah those, seri- those serious injuries so oh yeah that, that's another level do you know what I find so <laughs> funny about watching that is that they fall over they grab their shin they can't stand they're rolling around on the floor and then t- a second later they're up yeah. and running again it's yeah. like stop being such a baby oh Looking yeah at, uh, it's terrible some, some players have got ter- bad bad reputations from this World Cup as a result of yeah, you'll so notice the digress. Yeah, you know, you know, you'll notice ones that are really injured when they go down. They stay still because when you're genuine, you hurt. You're not moving around. You're like you're frozen. Yeah, like the poor guy at what's his name? It starts with T. Trip, whatever. At the end, where he pulled his hamstring. Oh, uh, the English, no, the English, yeah, the yeah, English midfielder. Time, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that's an Bless, injury. poor thing. He couldn't walk. Yeah, and I felt sorry for him. Yeah, he wasn't rolling around in agony. He genuinely hurt. Um, so yeah, I think. Yeah, the when you're looking at a, an athlete who comes to you, so you've got the youth development, but you also would have people looking for programs and help, and just look. I'm a I'm an amateur, but I have a sport. So how would you go? Like how how would you start that process if someone was to get in touch and say, Hey, look, I want to I want to run a triathlon. I've been doing it for so many years, but I'm not very good, and I want to just get through the next one next year. <laughs> Everyone's different, right? So it's it's a difficult question to answer you have your your processes that you go through I, I generally just tend to look at their movement skills so 
I, I, I don't want to call it an FMS because I don't use anything like that. But I, I, there's a few key movements that I'd like to look at and then see, okay, you need this, you need this, you need this. Uh, we'd always look for muscle kind of imbalances. So generally, let's just say hamstrings tend to be tired and quad or weaker than quads. So that can be a cause of an injury sometimes. You're a big advocate of tight hips. So Me, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that can be, and that, I've seen it firsthand <clears throat> that that can be a cause of a lot of a lot of injuries and a lot of a lot of tears as well. So there may not be muscle imbalances there. Um, so I, I don't know. I I just like to look at their movements first of all, um, and then progress on from there. Especially with us, like if it's not a full time athlete, there's so much more at play than what the books tell us there is. Do you know? So there's like what like life. Work, yeah, family, kids, <laughs> stress, bosses wrecking your head, yeah. stress. You know, like your car breaks down, you can't make a session. I like it's just it's it's endless the list. You know, and the amount of excuses I've had from people, but they're genuine excuses. You know, so um, I tend to honestly, I tend to steer away from long term planning and preparation just because of where I learned my or where where I learned my kind of from Alan Ryan, right? Because it was just. You you couldn't you couldn't prepare for you could prepare maybe a week ahead a week in advance but um, obviously we'd have our long term goals and we'd always work towards that but you have to be able to adapt and change on the spot and mm-hmm. it's uh, that's what makes it interesting right that's what makes it fun yeah that's so. where the coaching comes in isn't it yeah. so you do a lot of this stuff for yourself too because I've seen some of your Instagram stuff are like a yeah. lot of strength and conditioning for you and weightlifting yeah. Yeah. and what is that a hobby of yours or is that something that you do well a long time ago I, I actually retired from rugby for about the fifth or sixth time why <laughs> I just always Injury? get sucked back into it no but yeah. I just I, I wanted to give uh, Olympic weightlifting a go because I was always actually quite strong for my size I've heard that uh, yeah and obviously like body weight and, and strength is, is, is quite a major factor in weightlifting sports so I I decided to give it a go and actually I just got quite bored of it like it, there was no kind of excitement it was the same thing over and over and over again um so that's why i went back to ruby but i've always just kept it ticking over and kept and kept it going and it's always nice to be good at something right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah yeah no but uh i i think it's good to kind of talk to or walk the walk a little bit as well you know like I, I was guilty of it for a long time of not actually training too much um just because we'd be in it all day every day do you know and then you have yeah. to kind of do it it's just it can be boring like do you know what I mean um, if you're kind of stuck do if you're focusing on other things and it's it's quite exciting to get back into it I can really see the the enjoyment of it again so it's uh, it's good yeah, it's good to be back into it and enjoying it and how did you get into youth development because that's kind of your niche at the moment yeah well I suppose Studying in uni, we, there was always these options to go off for special populations. So there was youth, there was uh, there was females. Obviously, there was a special population. There was injuries um, or, and rehab clients. So I never actually explored the youth development option. It was always kind of something I was a little bit afraid of. Um, but we just got thrown in the deep end about what was it five years ago now? At this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and schools approached us to say, okay, we need we, we need some strength and conditioning. It was r- kind of, I suppose, the first sign of it out here, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, from a structured yeah, yeah. club team with the money to really fund it. Exactly, yeah. And do the schools have like proper gyms that you can do stuff like that? <laughs> the facilities are, are incredible. Amazing. Like, they're some of the best I've seen, so... Yeah. Um, Typical Dubai. Yeah, I know, but like, they're sitting kind of empty Almost half empty. the time yeah. you know so it's uh, but fair play to them but um, I, I, I see it improving and I see it developing um, a lot more further down the line um, because it's definitely gone from strength to strength since we started um, and if it wasn't for a couple of schools actually had to close down we'd, we'd have a, a much bigger range of of youth athletes kind of on the book so to speak so um so when you got thrown in the deep end and you started this whole youth development tell me about the process of actually like <laughs> what do you do yeah what well, are some where of the do you consider- start yeah, yeah what well, are the considerations well, well, you, it you have to manage the um the the head coaches as well right so 
obviously we come a quite come from quite um a safety kind of focused background you know especially with youth athletes but sometimes their coaches they just want to smash them like you know so it's like okay first port of call is we need to kind of manage people's expectations here of what these kids can actually handle yes they can run around for hours and end on a pitch or, or do whatever they need to do but um can they come into the gym and do a do a strongman st- strength and conditioning circuit that they want to, that the coaches want them to do no probably not really and they'll probably pick up a few unwarranted injuries along the way so and when we're talking about youth exactly what age group is this they're all going through puberty ideally right it varies um but yeah they're in and around that that age um we we try to not to avoid younger younger kids but, but where do you start like what age group normally uh, currently about 12, 12 okay that's quite young yeah yeah and that's why we need to be quite careful of how we manage everything. And because yeah, some twelve-year-olds are really little; they're still really little. Yeah, and that comes into there's there's one aspect of, of youth S and C, which is chronological versus biological age. So, like, there could be two twelve-year-olds mm. of the exact same age, but one could have the body of a fifteen-year-old, and one could have the body of a Ten-year-olds, do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, it's quite a fine line that you have to kind of walk along. And then within that, again, there's, a, there's another element that we we need to consider is relative age effect, right? So yes, there could be two kids in the same year of school, but one could be literally eleven months younger than the other kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's that's a really important thing to consider when um, when we're training, but also when we're allowing people to progress and. And when we're picking squads and when we're doing it, because these younger kids are going to get left behind. And it, it's been proven. There's a uh, Malcolm Gladwell's yeah, Outliers. Yeah, so um, a lot of kids fall through the net because they, they're they they're just that one step behind because of their age the whole time. Yeah, and that book he talks about, it starts off. So have you familiar with the book? I've read it, but it was a very long time ago. So, you guys so he's kind of getting to the point where how people really become outliers in their in their craft and how they get to the very, very top. And it, the book starts off with the idea that I think it's him and his wife or a husband and wife are watching their son playing baseball. And while the dad's watching the game, the wife's reading the program. And she starts to notice that all the kids on the team are born in the first three months of the year. And she says it to him and he kind of ignores it, whatever. But then he starts to think about it and he starts to look at the pro baseball players and they're all born in the first like a huge percentage are born in the first three months then the next bit and then it tails off through the year so he comes up to the kind of conclusion that if you're in the early part of your year so if the cutoff age say the first of january and if you're 31st of december you're going to be in the older group and if you're in the first of january you're going to be in the younger group so you're on the pitch playing as a 10 year old and your opposition player is born in, in December of the same year, it's going to be 12 months smaller. So you're going to stand out. So when you stand out, you perform better. When you perform better, your coaches put you forward for the the regional team or the district team, and then you go to the district team and you get better coaching. And then when you get better coaching, you become a better player. So you go back to your team and you stand out even more. And then all the appraise and the accolades are going to you while the your teammate who's 11 months younger than you is just disinterested. He gets more satisfaction from playing the computer, so off he goes. And then his physical, his experience of sport and physicality and, and, and edu- uh, com- competition is just negative, completely disruptive to the rest of his life, and he never, he doesn't follow a healthy lifestyle from there. So that's good that you guys are taking that into account. Yeah, and it's, uh, I suppose it's, 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 it's harder to do and to, and to monitor when we're doing like sports specific S and C because we kind of have to prepare for the sport specifically. But within our physical literacy program, um, it's definitely a major part of, of what we do because we're not really training for a specific event or a specific sport. We're literally just in there to try and educate kids on on movement skills, why it's good to to, yeah, to in in, the, in your in your whole life, you know, like whether it be athletic excellency or whether it just be 
just move and don't be just to feel good and to be exactly. healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. that's it's quite interesting here in Dubai as well because you have so many different cultures and cultures tend to have different um, relationships with food and exercise. So you have a lot of a lot of people say I'm Australian, but we grow up at like five years old. We're doing nippers and learning how to. So nippers is nippers is our version of surf life saving. It's exactly the same thing, but you learn at five. So surf at five years, saving. yeah, they give you like a little hat every Sunday. You go to the beach and you learn how to like literally not get drowned by these massive oh, okay. mammoth waves, um, and you learn that at five. So by the time you're like 10 you you know the ocean and you know your body so well but then you have some other cultures that they never go in the water and they never swim or they never do exercise because it's almost a little bit taboo to to get into that stuff um so do you have any experience with with seeing a huge like a variation of kids all the same age um but from vastly different cultures with vastly different experiences of exercise absolutely i mean like one of the schools we work in, Dubai College, um, it's quite a mixed demographic. Uh, obviously, caters to sports, so there's, there's rugby, there's football, there's basketball, there's cricket, uh, there's netball. But yeah, absolutely, like, and that's what we're trying to manage. Is some sports are, are way ahead in terms of athletic abilities, in order, and it's because of their upbringing, and it's because of the the nature of the sport as well, like. Cricket doesn't really require a huge amount of, I don't want to say athleticism because it is actually quite an athletic sport, but the the types of movements that people do in cricket isn't a massive um, builder of athletic, of all-round athletic ability. It's also not the main determinant of the sport. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, it's more of a skill-based sport. Um, Whereas rugby... And there's there's very very clear differences. That yeah, you need like, a lot of strength. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and the the agility and and everything that comes with that. Um, so we're working a lot with the teams to to just improve all around athletic ability, especially at that age. And to be honest, the work we've been doing over the last three years, it's it's starting to come to fruition now. Like we're starting to really see, God, these lads are are, are really benefiting benefiting from it. Um. And the girls as well. I was about to ask you that. So I've done a little bit of stuff with the girls, but Rune's been doing loads of work with them. Um, And obviously some major areas are are ankles, knees and hips with with the females that we need to to keep an eye on. And and we've definitely reduced the the injury rate over the last couple of years um, because there was at least like eight or ten per year, whereas this year I think we only had two or three knee injuries. So, I mean, it's getting there it's working and we're starting to build a good kind of ethos within the school that i suppose kids are kind of starting to buy into but it takes it takes time but it's, it's getting there now so it's uh, yeah it's also nice it's to good. get kids um exercising and getting really like used to that being a part of their life because then it's a part of their life forever yeah. like it's you just need it because it makes you feel good and Absolutely. that's nice yeah like yeah. i remember that growing up um, and I love it. And whenever I don't, it's like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> but Australia was huge in terms of just fitness in general, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's every like, I don't ever remember not doing something. Like yeah. every Sunday, I was going to nippers and literally like just trying not to drown. And yeah, every seriously, like you don't understand the waves in in Dubai. This is the most placid thing in the world. You have waves in Sydney that they they take they take you over and then they throw you into like this washing machine and you're under for ages. You have to learn how to hold your breath and then you have to learn how to grab the sand underneath so you don't get dragged in. You literally like claw the sand. That's the first thing they teach you. Dive under the wave, grab the sand. <laughs> Good. I, remember I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, in, in, in the washing machine. No, seriously, in Australia, like dive under, grab the sand. It's the only thing that gets you from not being in this washing machine. And yeah, I'm digressing. So. No, it's funny that because what you're saying is true. Because when I went to Sydney, lived on Bondi for a bit, and there's a thing called backpacker backpackers rip, where at the end of Bondi Beach, the riptide 
would take backpackers out around the headland and throw them in on the beach that's like what two kilometers down the <laughs> down the coast yeah stupid people silly, silly irish oh. and brits and <laughs> yeah because you guys don't you don't know how to how to swim in an ocean that's so like no like alive and it's you gotta have a lot of respect I don't even know how to swim in an ocean that's mm. quiet and placid like we just there's the sea that water's freezing yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get back in the car <laughs> not going in there yeah it's too cold. I'm going home. This is a silly idea. <laughs> yeah, it's so growing up. We I would do say nippers um, every weekend. We used to for school sports get catamarans out and go across the harbor. And I remember like a catamaran. We'd do like catamaran races. So you'd go from one side of the harbor to the other as like our school sport. So you would you would get into the ocean and push it when there was no no wind and literally four girls in the ocean pushing this catamaran all across the harbour. Swimming pushing like swimming pushing. <laughs> yes, it's full of sharks. They're like, what was I thinking? Um, but yeah, it's anyway. Sorry. No, it's uh, it's good, but I think the the key thing there is that you're. Active. There's definitely, but, no, but there's also there's an emotional element to to handling the stresses uh, and, and the intensities of sport, right? Wh- whatever mm. it might be, like the more accustomed you become to it, the less likely you are to panic and yeah, to a drown or b cause an injury. Do you know, like, um, and the whole teamwork aspect of, of it, you know, that's yeah, yeah. You get really like, yeah, definitely as an Australian, you get really used to like very aggressive oceans. So you come here and it's like. Wow, there's mm. nothing here. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to die. <laughs> and then you see other people swimming in the ocean here and there's like a tiny wave and they're panicking and jumping and running and it's like, oh, yeah, bless. Yeah, they don't um, know how to grab the sand. In Ireland, we were, we were just playing sports. We were just field sports all weekend. Yeah. Rain, rain or snow almost, you'd be out playing. Yeah. I think that's a big yeah. difference between here is the weather like it's just see. not permitting I think as well, that's the the cultural thing as well. Like you guys in Ireland are used to doing other things. In Australia, everything's about like the ocean and you just learn everything that is water-based. You guys obviously were entirely different cultures and we learn sports so differently because of the climate that we live in. And here again, super different too. It's no sport. (laughs) I'm joking. Yeah, what it's interesting here is that everything is um, very much based around academies you know which is is it's a bit of a culture shock to us because we were just like it was wherever you grew up yeah that was your local team right whether it be gaelic football hurling rugby whatever like you don't yeah. for the parish right yeah <laughs> you, local you, parish. Play, you play for the parish but um here it's like it's uh i don't know, i'm still trying to wrap my head around it that everything's paid for everything is professional coaches every which is great like it's not it's not a bad thing, but um, it's just a, it's different. Yeah, I think a big part of that is like just the money, the money that they have here first was there first. Whereas growing up in Ireland, it's like the money came way later. The money comes from the the people who enjoy the sport. So we would go to a play our weekend game, and we literally put your bag down on the sideline, and you get changed out of your tracksuit into your kit, just under the trees. Like there's mm. no state-of-the-art facility with showers and stuff and then the more popular the sport is as people get older the more the fans come they pay the money and then the sport grows so it does it a completely flipped way here it's just we have the money let's build a facility mm. and put all the best testing kit that's actually one thing we could you could talk about is the difference between the testing because you spoke earlier a little bit about uh data and the collection of data yeah how important because i know I know from working with you a few times back when we started with one of the schools, we would do the testing and then we would do the retesting and only a few kids would really, mm. on the the actual test, improve. Yeah. But we'll have seen them over the year change from like night to day. Yeah. I remember there was one kid and he would jump to the ceiling like like, a, like something out of a computer. And then when we got him under the bar to squat... It was just complete meltdown. Yeah, <laughs> but he was—he had spring. He was fast. It looked a little bit weird looking at him. Do you remember the? Do you remember those guys the, the, from the gems? gems, gems so what? Academy, he didn't have yeah. strength, or uh, what would you, how would you call well, it? What? What? What that is? It's, it's. It's. 
everyone has a certain element of strength, right? And but you just need to be able to transfer that across. So obviously he's very he was probably quite light, okay, so he could just bounce from his own body weight, etc. But put a bar on his back and ask him to use his core to brace and then squat down and do the exact same movement, like it was a completely different issue. Um and that I suppose that the testing battery that we'd choose as well uh would need to be very closely closely monitored and, and closely kind of and, and really I suppose how how you choose it it's it's how do I explain like you've to scrutin yeah I know like your selection you got to choose the right test for the right people yeah yeah but like then a one when RM would be too much yeah so so what we do and what we've developed over the years like it started off with bodyweight tests right so it was was quite basic and it was something that you probably wouldn't see a huge amount of benefit from or improvements upon either um although it's probably the right choice of stuff to do for the kids it was very old school in terms of 60 seconds you do x amount of reps and you try and prove that okay yes we're going to see benefits but is it really going to benefit the sport and and whatever so what we've kind of developed now and it's been a lot of kind of trial and error but we're just kind of find a not a one fix as all but the one that that's most suitable for an individual themselves so we've based it all upon body weight so we've developed a table that let's say you're level one all the way through to level seven level one is literally 20 reps of a body weight squat if you can do that, you get to progress on to level two, level three, level four, level five. And as we improve along the levels, the percentage of body weight that we're using for the movements increases and then the reps decrease. So, And this falls back to the, to the chronological versus the biological age. Like if somebody can do it, let them do it. Like I'm not going to listen to a book who says he shouldn't do X, Y, and Z because he's 16. Because if he's 16 with an 18-year-old's body, like I'm going to let him go to a, a 5RM. If he can do a 5RM easy, I'm going to let him go to a 3RM. Do you know? If the form is 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 good and solid and safe, then I have no issues letting him do that because they've got the athletic ability to do that. So um, <clears throat> I think this is the best approach that we've kind of come up with. And, uh, it took a you know a Dunning Kruger effect where <laughs> you kind of, yeah so you, you go up you think you know it all and then yeah. once you start l- doing the stuff it's like oh my god I know nothing like I'm, yeah. I'm terrible and now we're kind of coming up to that level of right this is this is a nice fit for for developing age groups and stuff like that so just because it's all relative to their body weight right so I think a big it, thing it, just to say on this is when you if people are listening you have to remember the logistics behind these tests constraints mm. what test you pick as well mm. so if you've got 40 kids in a room you've only got them for an hour because they have other stuff going on yeah you have to be efficient with your yeah with your system absolutely and that's that's one thing we've had to kind of simplify as well the whole way through is that okay there's 20 tests we can choose from all probably have a nice uh, uh, could 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 give us a nice kind of a, a graph let's say if we if we want to see progressions in this that and the other but is it relative or, or, and is it like can it be done in that space of time because we, we do a testing week now um where we kind of get all the sports in on different days and okay it's a bit time consuming but at the end of the day it gives the teachers and it gives the the heads of co- of sports and the head coaches the data that they want. It also gets buy-in from the kids as well, right? So um, we found that just to be the best because you have to tackle the emotional side of it as well, um, and and to generate that buy-in is it, very important. Side? Just just like because there's always resistance, there's always hes- hesitancy to get into the gym or to, to do the fitness training. And like everyone wants to run around the pitch after a ball or, or play their sport or, or swim in the pool. That's what they want to do, right? But they don't want to be in the gym, and that's, that's the constant battle. So we have to try and constantly... We can explain everything on, to them under the sun, but if they don't care, they don't care. Whereas if we make it interesting for them or make it exciting for them or make it competitive for them, whereas the cricket boy can compete against the rugby boy because they're totally different body weights 
but they're st- they can saying. still be the same level on 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 the scale if that makes sense yeah um that's actually getting quite a lot of positive feedback for us so what sports are you doing these tests with at the moment at the schools uh well at the moment it's netball cricket rugby um and basketball and football but at this age we don't really want to focus on sports specific testing batteries and um, we're just kind of focusing on athletic development mm-hmm. um, and that's our kind of philosophy they can focus on the on, on the sports specific stuff in my opinion when they are a bit more elite when when they have all the on the fundamental skills under their belt because at the moment when they're growing they don't really you know so um, we're kind of coming at it from a preparation angle for university or for uh, contracted sports or whatever it might be. So, Do you find that there's a big difference between um, youth development in terms of gender, in terms of like girls and boys? <clears throat> How do you mean? In terms of buying into it or in terms of... All, all. Um, yeah. <laughs> the girls are absolutely the easiest to coach. Lads are an absolute nightmare. Why is that? Teenage boys, <laughs> teenage boys just want to do as heavy as they can every time. They'll come into the gym. What are we doing today, Chris? Or are we doing X, Y, Z? I was like, no, I just want to bench press. I'm going to test my one RM. I was like, well, okay. Yeah. I'll, and I'll, I'll go into the progressive overload and try and tell them everything. that Okay, this is how you're going to get strong. Because if you want to just do one RMs, you're not going to get strong. Um, so I always have to, that's, that's an ongoing battle. Um, and I always want to, have a few extra minutes at the end to do curls and tricep dips or whatever it might be but the girls are brilliant they come in there's no ego okay xyz put the music on job done and they'll, they'll crack on with it you know obviously there's there's a little bit of hesitancy hesitancy from time to time like they're teenagers they're going to want to have some, some some fun and this yeah. and the other. so that's why we try to introduce games to the sessions and trying like to keep it as exciting as possible what type of games do you introduce in the warm up, we'll do like races or like uh, little competitive things. I lo- I love like little agility games, or, like trying to slap each other's knees or uh, just trying to play like whack a mole with your hands or like little what's that centipede races? What are those like, wheelbarrows and yeah, stuff? Wheelbarrow races. <laughs> is that where you hold someone's legs? Yeah, and they run and they walk. Yeah, but like it's it's stuff like that that just and it's the fun. screams are everywhere, and you have to make it exciting because, like, I know from our own like experiences what, what's the what's the Perlo quote what was that oh um, warm ups Perlo, the Juventus midfielder he said he hates warm ups he hates everything about them he then he goes on for things like warm ups are just masturbation for conditioning coaches and I totally agree it's, yeah. it's like <laughs> absolutely it's like, like okay we can do our prep this that and the other but you can do that in your session as well like you um, as long as you get warm get ready get mobile and, and do your stuff then I think the the benefits are there anyways so. I think also even into adulthood it's easier sometimes on the on the whole to coach females mm. than it is males because they have the is ego it? yeah, yeah definitely. because males have the ego <laughs> and they're often they're either it's not necessarily that they always want to do one RM because adults will understand that a bit more but when a guy is, when a guy has let's say take the man flu idea you know when he's not feeling well it's like a million excuses under the sun and it's just come on dude we have to like try and push it. oh just this reason is that reason and okay yeah 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 okay and it's just a bit more difficult than when you have a female come in she's just like okay what what is a coach what are we doing and then she'll she'll ask questions why okay she'll absorb it and she'll go and do it whereas a guy will like try and finish her sentences sometimes or he tries to like yeah yeah i know that or yeah i already know that or is it, yeah 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 and she's like okay not all guys obviously but you, you you can get those on a whole on a whole there's yeah. more males will act that way bring their ego into the gym uh, try and go a little bit heavier or be afraid to say that was too heavy can I go a bit lighter or look I'm not feeling great today I just can we just chill a little bit whereas females would just be you're the expert I'm here you're telling me what to do okay let's do it mm. which is Great, they're a pleasure to work with. Yes, they are the most of the time. Oh. Yeah, well, then, well, well, wait a sec. If you want to go as a whole, there's other things that females yeah, are yeah. more difficult about, but we won't go into that just yet. Yeah, let's, let's, let's leave it there. Um, so, w- what kind of improvements do you see, like, in a 
in an athlete, in a typical kid who'll come in from over two two years, say, of of development, what would you what would be like in your view as a success? A success is, and Matt mentioned this to me like four years ago. He says, and I, it really stuck at me. It was um, he mentioned we're, we're really just trying to develop a positive relationship between the kids and fitness and health, and if that's achieved then that's a major plus right that's yeah that's awesome that's and that that really stuck with me and that's that's why we try to keep it as enjoyable as possible and then i suppose one thing that really i was impressed with on the most recent testing that we've done is um all of our kids just looked so much better than some of the new kids that came in like their movement patterns, their ability, <clears throat> their ability to to do a triple broad jump rather than one broad jump, like their ability to to push a bar faster, to you know, and it's okay. Yes, there's data and there's figures and there's numbers, but it's it's the stuff you see with your eye that that is the most impressive stuff I find. And I suppose you, you don't have to be a coach to pick it up, but it's it's a lot easier to pick it up when you're when you're constantly looking at these particular movements. So. Um, yeah, that's definitely you, those two things. Would you recommend that all, say, youth do strength and conditioning irrespective of whether they're in a particular sport? Do you think that it's something that is 100%, important? 100%. Okay. Um, and that's why we have our, our physical literacy program, right? So we work alongside the PE curriculum and they will come in out of their PE sessions to do a strength and conditioning session once a week. So you do basically two things. You do sports-specific strength and yeah. conditioning for youth, yeah. so all of the team sports, yeah. and then you do the physical literacy, physical literacy stuff, yeah, which is just general kind of preparation for life, I suppose, isn't it? Like It's, it's just kind of... It's a mixture of everything. We, we do hand-eye coordination stuff. We do foot-eye coordination stuff. We do agility. We do all this kind of stuff. Just as many planes, as many different movements, as many different directions as we can. Um, just to broaden their, I don't say horizons, but broaden their, their scope of abilities. It's you know just to raise so their baseline abilities, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. So yeah. when they finish developing in adulthood, then yeah. they've got the highest of standards well, possible. If we take this back to like the brain and stuff, it's so important for those areas and really to be activated and to yeah. have really strong neural connections Absolutely. It's, it it makes you so much healthier mm-hmm. in neurologically yeah. i think yeah. and there's um there's loads of infographics online of cognitive function like pre and post exercise and the brain is just so much more alert and, and accepting of new information as well so that'll be one of the things that we we focus on is don't go too intense in a session obviously because they're but when they go into class then after that they're, they're much they're soaking things up that that much better do you know so and as, and as kids they have a lot of you know looking at the aesthetic side of it as well they have a lot of body image issues that it's it's better to get them into a world of exercise and health to, to yeah, build that foundation and build that into their mentality so that they have something to fall back on when things get a little bit tougher when they get into an adulthood yeah, yeah especially sure. like positive like body imaging particularly in a day and age when everything seems to be blurred all the lines everywhere in terms of like gender and and what you're meant to look like and what you're meant to feel like if all of that's so blurred it's nice to be able to to feel good about your own body and have a positive relationship with that and exercise is a huge facet of that yeah for sure yeah and also it teaches people that um this is what it takes when I'm older if I want to improve myself and change my goals like it's been imprinted in me from a developmental at a developmental stage as opposed to you get to adulthood you put on a bit of weight because college life or, or work life gets a bit stressful or you, you you have an injury and a breakdown and now suddenly you're faced with this new challenge and you just cannot comprehend how difficult it is to achieve the goal to change your body you know because you never did anything as a kid but we see that all the time right in with, with our with our client base right is people come in whether it be to the circuit classes or to to pt or to semi-private like some people come in and they're totally at zero like yeah. minus zero and it's it's 
it's a massive journey like to obviously it's achievable right but yeah this is your right leg <laughs> yeah. this is your left so leg sometimes does, sometimes it's that it's it's so i know yeah, i know yeah sometimes like look through what you said about your sort of movement assessment i have a similar thing that it's it's essentially extracted from a standard professional level warm-up and i've just scaled it all the way back to lift your right leg lift your left leg okay you can do that now just do that the whole length and then after two steps they lift one knee up like a march mm. they lift one knee up and they're wobbling they're balanced they've gone because their knees moved into a new a new height they're not used to it this leg just goes crazy so um it's all in my view i can pin them on that spectrum of like a pro athlete will run high knees all the way up the the, the, the track but this sedentary financier who's in his 40s people that have never moved in their life yeah. like in yoga sometimes they see people really afraid of doing extension like back extension and it's like but actually afraid like really afraid and it's like it's just so bizarre yeah. it's so bizarre i was uh, i was chatting to a physio the other day and just on that even spinal flexion people are terrified of yeah. it's like it's okay like you can you can bend your back like yeah, <laughs> just okay break. just don't do it with loads of weight on but yeah it's but mm. people got the whole people got terrified of, of certain movements like yeah <laughs> i've i've seen it a lot um people with me they're like oh no no but don't do that like because of your back and i'm like my back is fine <laughs> what are you talking exactly. about no 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 you'll hurt it again i'm like no it's already hurt it's fine <laughs> um but yeah really worried and concerned um and it's like it's fine like relax yeah, yeah. people are afraid to move yeah you'd be surprised like people just they they don't they don't even realize they can't move they're like what whoa that's way more difficult than i was expecting okay well we're gonna have to work on that because if I put weights and kilos on your back, we're going to have one effect, but we're missing this whole bottom level that you're just not going to be able to to benefit from when you get to the future stage. But as kids, you can if they've had an exercise history as kids, you can see in their adulthood, because you've got their history, you've got the, where they were, this injury, I used to play sport as a kid, I used to just use, okay, so right now, when we lift your left leg and right leg, you're really wobbly and you're really unstable. But I know that your cellular makeup has got this idea of how to move. So mm -hmm. we're going to make a bit more progress than how far away you seem right now. Um, but then you get people who just never exercised as a kid. They were just... And I, I saw this with the military guys. I was so surprised at how poor the infantry guys were when I went to work. That's really surprising. So Don't, Isn't physical training a part of that? Yeah, that process. Yeah, for sure. And this is why they were breaking down because they were thrown into an environment where they were being made exercise three, four times a week, and they were being made run twenty kilometers in the morning. They were being made march with twenty-five kilos on their back for ten kilometers. That's like a two-hour, two-hour walk. Um, but they had never done that exercise as a kid. I was particularly, specifically with a infantry unit. An infantry unit tends to be the guys who. Uh, let's say this, the unit that I was with, the guys were from very disadvantaged backgrounds. So they were either, these are early 20s, they are either in gangs as kids on the streets, just hanging around, not, not involved in sport, not involved in like structured activity. They were boy racers, they were petrol heads, motorbikes, cars, or they were gamers, or they were just did nothing. So when they got to 17, 18, 19 and realized they needed to start thinking about a career, they chose the military and now it's, right, bag on your back, 10 kilometers, Do go. you know, I've seen that a lot. I have a, a quite a close friend who did military service. He's quite young and uh, he was like quite overweight. And as soon as he went into the military, he got so thin, so thin and so strong because of the same reason, nine months in military um training yeah here we'll see for every one of him there's probably another one who's who's broken down yeah. at some point in the process not like broken down and had to had massive problems but just someone's developed back pain if you were probably to look, take those guys through the test that you're running you're going to see like i used to start the sessions everybody in a line here and the other half in a line here okay i want everybody to squat just do a squat for me and i wanted to see exactly in one down and up okay you guys are okay you, 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 and you come down to this end. Okay, now we're going to do a lunge. 
And now we're going to do a push-up. Okay, now I know where like half the group are good and the other half we can sort of see already while you're in the rehab group or while your lower limb is injured. And a lot of them couldn't squat. Heels up, knees collapsing in, backs curling forward. Like I would have never seen in the sporting world, you would have never seen this. Like not one person. So I guess to go back, this is probably the benefit 100 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it took us 10 Everything minutes to get that no, well, it's, well it's important to know the spectrum that these the, yeah. these people do survive and in the military where you think you're getting badass it's so important to have movement patterns installed when you're a kid 100 percent. because you're going to become an adult even if you can discontinue your sport or your activity you're going to probably get hurt at some point you need to be able to get back to a level of fitness so you need to be able to move that's what i think yeah, 100%. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so what's happening with you then in the, in the future? You're tra- you training for anything specific at the moment? Uh, personally, um, I'm getting back into a little bit of powerlifting. There's a competition in September. Was that two months away? What's powerlifting? Sorry, powerlifting is squat, bench press, and deadlift for as heavy as you can, basically, uh, in one day. So... That should be fun. I've never done one before. Um, so, yeah, give it a go. See how we get on and then go from there. In terms of youth development stuff, we are putting a team together. There's, a, there's about three of us now, three to four of us um, of coaches for September. So we're looking to approach more schools, more academies, um, and then hopefully make better athletes mm-hmm. moving forward so in Dubai yeah, so yeah, well, that's great yeah. if anybody wants to get in touch with you to do that wh- how do they get in contact with uh, you give me an email it's uh, chris with a k dot mm-hmm. g at the physical training company dot ae um, or info at the physical training company dot ae cool Amazing. Are you on Instagram and you're there oh sorry what's my Instagram <laughs> chris green underscore ptc yeah. cool. green with an e all right, cool. cool. Yep, thanks for coming in. Thank thanks you. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.